Welcome to Lost in Translations, I'm your host Michael and today we are joined by Bibli Bio and we are going to talk about women in translation recommendations. Just as a note, some of the audio is not the best but the recommendations are so good that we wanted to release this episode anyway. Thank you. Welcome back to Lost in Translations. I'm here again with Bibli Bio, and we are going to recommend some women in translations because it is Women in Translations Month. Welcome back. Thank you. Obviously, we're recording in advance because (laughs) if it was August, we'd be too busy reading. Yes. August is going to be all reading, all of the time. Do you get more reading done in August than any other month? I absolutely get my least reading, least amount of reading <laughs> in August. I suppose you get, you've got all the social media stuff to do. Yeah, it's ever since uh, more more readers got involved in, in Women in Translation Month. Um, the first year I read a ton, and since then it's it's been a downward decline, but it's often seeing all the other things, reading posts and reviews and sharing uh, photos and things like that. It's... Uh, its own sort of uh, different different experience, I guess. Oh, well, yeah, there's so much to do, I guess. You get enough reading done, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, make uh, it work. Do you want to recommend, I'll get you to start off with a recommendation. So I, I think my, my favorite book so far this year is Owl's Story by Justine Mintra. Um, it's translated from French. She is uh, a Gabonese writer and it's a very very short book very straightforward very clear writing and I just read it in a single evening absolutely just in love with the writing and the way that the story progressed so that that's definitely one that I would recommend for readers looking for something a little bit different maybe not on the standard list um, yeah, I don't think I've heard of that one. I have to look it up. Yeah, it's it's one of the um, less well-known. I can't remember which publisher it is right now. I believe it's one of the kind of academic presses. And just uh, I found it kind of by accident and just really glad I did. That sounds awesome. I will have to track that one down. I'll recommend something because a lot of the stuff that I do pick tends to be more on the literary side, so I'll try something a little different. And that is Mars by Asja Bakic and translated by Jennifer Zobel. And this is from Feminist Press. It's a collection of feminist science fiction stories and the author's from, I think it's Croatia, one of those countries over there. And it's like reading about the literary scene over there, it seems to be dominated mainly by women. I That's, feel a lot of the translations. Yeah, yeah. So they, they seem to have a very strong women literary scene over in those countries. And, yeah, I, I read this... I think after the Man Booker International long list, I got through that. I was like, I need something 
um, different. So I picked up these collection of science fiction um, short stories and they were absolutely amazing. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like high science fiction. It's like a lot of satire and a lot of speculative stuff, but it was definitely worth reading. And I'm basing my recommendations on my best 100, well, 100 best wit list. So some of these books may or may not make it to my top 10. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of uh, some of the other. I've, I've read a lot of really great uh, books by women in translation this year, uh, mostly because I've read a lot of books by women in translation this yeah. year. But I, I actually have to give a shout out to the last book that I read, uh, which is nonfiction. And um, it's uh, the British version, the UK version is uh, called Extraordinary Insects. I can't remember. The US has a slightly different title, um, but also something with insects. Um, and it's by uh, Anne uh, Sverdrup Feigeson. I am sorry if I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, translated by uh, Lucy Moffat. Uh, and it's basically a book about bugs. And it is so different from books that I normally read. And it is also so different from the scientific articles that I normally read. And I was just completely engrossed in this book. And it's, it's, absolutely amazing how it made me less grossed out by bugs and insects. Uh, so it really, really deserves uh, some, some love. That's and, awesome. Uh, it's not enough promotion of translation, nonfiction translation. I feel like it's yeah. Lana Alexovich and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's really fun, actually. This year I've been reading a lot more uh, nonfiction and especially sort of science or more sociology, things like that, where it's, uh, there's a lot that you can learn about different countries from nonfiction. And sometimes yeah. there's a lot that you can just learn about a topic and it just happens to be from the perspective of another country or, or culture. And uh, that was how I felt with extraordinary insects where on the surface, there's very little that makes the book specifically Norwegian, except a lot of the anecdotes have to do with Norwegian environments and Norwegian insects. And I was like, wow, I don't think I have ever read anything about Norwegian insects. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, <laughs> not really a book I've ever thought about reading, but it's awesome that it's out there. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been reading a lot of translation just for, well, last month for Pride Month. And what I wanted to recommend was Notes of a Crocodile by Hugh Mudgeon. Oh, no, you just stole one of mine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I love this book. It was so dark and even 
even though it was dark, it was very optimistic in a way. Well, I found it and funny as well. And it's basically queer people are treated like misfits. They're crocodiles in human clothing kind of thing. And it's a tragic kind of postmodern type diary type satire. Put all the buzzwords in. But, yeah, I really love that book. I keep thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I I also, so it's one of the, the most recent books that I've, I finished and I kept feeling that it's it read like something that was written that that might have been published six months ago it it feels so present and modern and the writing is so strong and like I I just I couldn't put the book down <laughs> yeah it was uh, I, I think it's going to be one of those books that have come back time and time again and it's just so sad just the way they feel like outcasts in society and it doesn't help that the author suicided um so just knowing that she had been through so much of that just made that book more affecting i think it's, Sorry, it's really, I stole your recommendation. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So now I have the opportunity to put in another one. Um, let's think what, what the next one that I've had this year. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to um, pick a book where I didn't necessarily love all of it uh, because it's a poetry anthology and so anthologies I always kind of rate a little bit lower just because there are parts that I like more and there are parts that I like less Um, but it's a collection um, it's called uh, A Reign of Words and it's an anthology of uh, women's poetry uh, from Francophone Africa and um, one of the things that I, I really have been trying to do lately is read more um African women writers in translation because there are so, so few. And this yeah. uh, book ended up being really special with this sort of wide range of, of poetry. And, uh, and it's mostly sort of, there isn't really uh, Francophone Northern Africa. It's um, definitely a certain, very regional. Um, yeah. But you get it, a lot it, of capo. <laughs> That's... Yeah, it's it's really cool though because I mean I don't know that I had read anything from Togo beforehand or um, the Ivory Coast or things like that, and yeah, uh, it's a, it's a really special collection, and um, I, I want to give it also a, a shout out for people who are maybe looking for a, a slightly different book. Um, there are some pretty some pretty great anthologies out there. I probably recommended it last year for my the Women in Translation Month podcast episode, but have you read La Basada? It's from Equatorial Guinea. It's about a queer um, lesbian who's living in tribal thing culture. Yeah, I, I just, read it in December. Uh, yeah. This year. 
And uh, it's really a, a very special book. Yeah. I, I was reading it in very much the wrong context. I feel that I need to reread it. Um, it's not yeah. so much of a beach book for the no, record. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, it, it's, it's very powerful and it, it really is one of those books that, that sticks with you for sure. Yeah. Uh, what will I recommend next? <laughs> just so many. Oh, obviously, I would always recommend Disoriental, which uh, that, was Nega, <laughs> that was one of yours as well. Yeah, my my mouse yeah. is hovering right over it. <laughs> I love that book, and that was translated by Tinikova. It's such an amazing book, and I hope more people read it. Yeah, it's, um, um, yeah. definitely deserving of all of the praise that you have heard and everyone who says yeah. that it's great. I started reading it and was like, oh, this is nice. And then I finished it feeling like I had just gone through an incredible experience. Yeah. It's so, so worth it. It's one of those books that's like, forget the short list or the long list for this literary prize, just give the awards straight to it. <laughs> So it hasn't it hasn't won enough. No, it definitely has. I, I thought surely it'd be the Man Booker or the BTVA. I've no won the French award and the Lamy, which is a LGBT fiction award for best yeah. bisexual book. But yeah, it hasn't won nearly enough. It's deserving of so much more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's it's actually, it's one of those, for, for some odd reason in my mind, and I, I read quite a few books between the two, but it comes with um, Flights uh, by Olga uh, Tokarczuk. Tokarczuk, yeah. I, I, I don't think I've pronounced it right. <laughs> Polish readers, I'm so sorry. I do not know Polish. Um, but uh, in Somehow it, there's something about both books that they're very different. There's nothing in common except that they both made me feel the same way in terms of this, this really yeah. in, just completely engaging book that just builds and builds and builds and sort of starts slow and, and gets to, to this really special place. And so... I feel like I was really lucky to read them kind of close to each other uh, in the space of a month. And uh, both really well-deserving of all of the praise that they have gotten. Yeah. But even though that one won the Man Booker International Prize, probably not enough attention was given to it, I don't think. More people can read. Can, can yeah, read yeah. <laughs> um, I don't... I don't know whose go it is anymore. <laughs> Do you I have think a recommendation? Okay, uh, I'll go with Sphinx by Angreta. That was translated from the French by Emma Ramadan. And the thing I love about it is it's like experimental literature where the main character and the love interest are never identified by gender. So the 
you could pretty much look at it as like a non-binary type love story and it really plays with your sense of gender because you 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 find your mind is automatically trying to assign a gender to these people even though you don't know yeah and i just love the way that it like challenged me in a really unique way it's like surely this person's a man because they're whining so much (laughs) or stuff like that it's like oh i don't know the gender i can't i can't assign a gender to them and I think that's I, great. Yeah, it's it's a sort of book that makes you think about how you think about characters. <laughs> yeah, 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 really cool. I, yeah. And it's a short book, but it it really blew me away. Right, I think I'm going to give one one last one. And now I'm I'm debating here uh, between a couple of. Of options. Actually, a, a unique case of a book that was also translated by the author into English, uh, Amatka by uh, Karin Tidbeck. And it's also a genre, sci-fi. And it just really surprised me. I wasn't expecting to kind of be as into the story as I ended up being. And it's a pretty quick read and it reminded me a lot of kind of sci-fi I used to read when I was a teenager and kind of put me in a very different mental state. And uh, I, I was, I really liked it. Um, so it's, it's a unique one, the self-translation, but I think I'm going to go with that. I feel like we're not doing enough or not focusing on enough genre fiction or Stuff like that. It, yeah. I, I know I need to do more. <laughs> but I'll recommend a manga because I've I, I, I read a lot of um, uh, translations for Pride Month and this one was another great one. It's called My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness and it's by Kami Nagata and translated by Jocelyn Allen. And it's basically exploring, like, you've got the images, like, exploring what's happening, but the uh, the text on the page is, like, the inner monologue of her and, like, exploring her mental illness, her lack of understanding about her own sexuality and so much is going on in this book. I mean, I, I, I've never read a manga before, so... I was like getting used to the format was a little bit of a challenge, but once I got used to it, it's like reading just a, like a graphic memoir. But I really loved that she managed to pack so much in and she was able to use the images to explore the story and the text to explore her inner thoughts. And it was just a really great way to cover everything i think it was hard to talk about there's just so much in it that sounds really really special (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like there's a sequel to it which i haven't been able to get yet but i think it's 
great to read about people's experiences throughout uh, in different countries and when they're like it's almost universal but still unique and I think that's what made this book great. Yeah. Um, I, I actually realized that I lied because I forgot uh, one of the best books that I've read this year, uh, which is one that definitely deserves a shout out. Not a recent release at all. Uh, I finally read The Second Sex by Simone. Oh, yeah. uh, and I read the uh, more recent uh, translation by uh, Constance Borde and Sheila uh, Malavani Chevalier where um, I found it an absolutely incredible reading experience and um, parts where I was arguing with the text and feeling like I need to write (laughs) my version of a feminist uh, manifesto, parts where I felt it was absurdly relevant and it shouldn't be after so many years. Um, It's one of those books that made me rethink so much of uh other things that i've read in my life and um really really recommend for uh for most readers reading uh reading the canon is is important <laughs> turns out as long as it's women yeah. well, we, we also have a, an inclusive canon um yeah, but yeah. It, it, it's an incredible incredible work and um there's so much to talk about there, both in the sense of what works about it and what doesn't. And I just, I, I was kind of, I, th- yeah. I feel like it, it opened whole new doors in my life. And uh, I think that's part of why I've been reading so much nonfiction this year. <laughs> I, I, I definitely need to read that one. It's definitely one of those books. It's like, why haven't I read Simone de Beauvoir yet? I'll recommend one last because I think it it kind of goes with that one, and that's The Faculty of Dreams by Sarah Strasberg. And that was translated by Dora Began Turner. And it's basically a fictionalized account of Valerie Solanus, who wrote a feminist manifesto called The Scum Manifesto, which is basically the society of cutting up men. So she was an extreme feminist. She once tried to assassinate Andy Warhol. So it was pretty full on. Um, The person that I heard it from said that they needed a cold shower after reading it. So it's like, yeah, I definitely need to get a copy of this book. (laughs) But, yeah, it's a fictionalized account of, like, her last days. And she's just so witty and so pretty extreme in her feminist beliefs. It was just really interesting to read about. Yeah, that's uh, one I'm hoping to get to um, in the yeah. next few weeks. Yeah, so thank you so much for agreeing to be on two episodes mm-hmm. of this podcast to make my life a little easier. Thank you and for hosting. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping everyone's having a good Women in Translation month and I can't wait to see what's on the 100 best translation list, women in translation list. I will leave links to all your information in the show notes so people can find you and follow all the hashtags. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I hope you do get some reading done this August. <laughs> 
I have a feeling it'll be a, a good Women in Translation month. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I could start now, but <laughs> I just like the social interaction and having so many people talking about translations yeah. and women in translation, which is even better. Definitely. Yeah, so thank you very much. And I hope people find some new books to read. Thank you. If you want to support Lost in Translations, please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show. And please remember to subscribe and while subscribing, please rate the show. This will help others find the podcast. All our links to social media are in the show notes and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and let's see under translations pod. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Walgarukabar and Bindal people. We acknowledge their ownership of this land and all the traditional owners in Australia and acknowledge their care of the land. This is a Macaulay Flower production.